What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello to all you patrons of Shade 50. Welcome back to the bar. I am your co-host, Mike DeBate, of the Shea Bippy Mob Pod, a podcast you can't refuse. And as always, I am joined by the sunny to my Jimmy Whispers, the owner and proprietor here of Shea Bippy, my good friend, Thomas Murphy. Murph, welcome back to the bar, my friend. Hey, bud, what's happening? Oh, great to open the bar. You know, Lent started, I gave up drinking for Lent, and here we are, we opened the bar. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, we'll, we'll be serving some espresso today. And, uh, uh, there you go. And, uh, and, you know, we'll, uh, we'll definitely be uh, ready to go, and uh, hopefully we have a pretty good show in mind for all of our listeners here. It's been a little while since we've opened the bar. The last time we were here, Once Upon a Time in America, was uh, the, uh, the topic of conversation. Got some great feedback, and we appreciate that always. But for the next hour or so, the bar is now officially your home. And uh, now you can't leave, whether you want to or not. Uh, we'll dismiss you in a little bit. But, uh, Murph, when we came back to the bar for the first time in a while today, we walked through, and there was a pile of mail sitting right on the bar and we thought it would be a good idea to open up the old shape that be mailbag and that's exactly what we've done today we received some great questions from you and we thank you everyone that submitted some questions for us and uh, we picked our favorites our top five and uh, we'll be answering those for you today and hopefully we'll give you a few tidbits and things that maybe you didn't know about some of your favorite mob films so uh murph how, uh, how how did you feel about the exercise? What uh, what did you think of some of the questions you received uh, from the Shea Bippy mailbag? Well, some from the ladies were rather inappropriate. 
and we won't bring them up here, but I will be in touch with you shortly. <laughs> I also want to thank everybody for the Christmas cards that were left. They will be prominently displayed next year. Um, <laughs> we finally got around to opening all this stuff up, and uh, and yeah, but no, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of great feedback, some really good questions. Uh, I, I don't think I got a bad question out of the bunch. It was really hard to get it down to five. It really was. I received some great questions as well, and I think it's a testament to this type of movie genre and how much people do invest a lot in what uh, you know these movies mean to them and, and how they enjoy them and how they can be viewed over and over again. And each and every time you do, you can pick out a new tidbit or a new piece of information that maybe you didn't before and you really want to delve behind the scenes and think about what exactly went behind some of these movies and uh again i think that uh, we received some great questions i'm ready to kick it off what say you bud yeah yeah no doubt man let's let, let's do this and 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 maybe start a uh, a tradition here i would like to think so i i absolutely would and uh the uh, the, the questions that came in uh to me Obviously, I was flooded with a lot of Godfather questions, and I think there's yeah. probably an obvious uh, reason why, but I was flooded with a lot of Godfather questions, and I thought maybe we'd kick it off with that epic, and not questions related directly to the movies, because we still have yet to chronicle Godfather 2 and Godfather 3 here on Chase Ify. That will be coming, folks. Don't worry, yep. but... The question that I received a lot, and I was actually surprised that I received as much of a question on this, is Godfather 4. And yes, folks, we know there's no Godfather 4, but how close did it ever come to being made? How, you know, was there ever a time that Francis Ford Coppola seriously considered making this epic? If so, were there any rumors about possible plot lines? How were they going to do it? And I received this qu this question from multiple uh, viewers and multiple listeners, I should say, uh, of Shea Pippi, and I thought it would be a great way to kick it off. So with your permission, uh, uh, my friend, yeah. uh, I thought maybe we'd kick means. it off with this question. By all means. Absolutely. And uh, to answer your question first off, was there ever serious plans for A Godfather Part 4? Uh, serious plans, no, but preliminary plans, yes, there were. Uh, and a lot of people may be surprised about that, even though in several interviews that he's given, Francis Ford Coppola said there would never be a Godfather 4. He said that about part three after part two was made. Um, and ultimately, part three ended up coming to fruition. A lot of it was essentially an offer made to him by Paramount that he could not refuse. Now, Murph, we've talked several times here on Shade Bippy and even offline about the trials and tribulations that Francis Ford Coppola had with Paramount when he made the first two Godfather movies, more so right. the first. He actually had a second director following him around throughout the first movie. And that does not give you a whole warm and fuzzy feeling inside when you want to go back and make another movie. Right. Part two, he was given a lot more free, uh, freedom, I should say, uh, a lot more uh, ability to, to work within his parameters, and he was given a lot more money as well. So I think mm. that was one of the big reasons. He stayed away for a number of years, and then in 1990, obviously, made the decision to bring the franchise back for one more go-round. And 
because of the lukewarm reception that The Godfather Part Three received from critics at the time, it actually did fairly well in its opening few weeks uh, at the box office. I think a lot of that was anticipation, mm-hmm. nostalgia. People were curious to see what happened. But the movie did not perform as well. It cost $55 million to make. It only made $66 million domestically. Now, you say, all right, that's a pretty good uh, haul, but it's still not, you know, it, 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 that's not what they expected from The Godfather. They expected a lot more than that. So at this point, when you look at it and you look at it from a perspective, you can understand why Francis Ford Coppola was so reticent to do so. He had pretty much minded the, uh, I guess the best way for me to put it, Murph, is I guess he minded the the, the social fabric of that family, of the Corleone family. He had been given the keys to the kingdom by Mario Puzo. It was his story to tell now. And Coppola was very um, productive. He was very protective over that story. In the late 90s, believe it or not, uh, rumors about The Godfather Part Four started to resurface. And they actually started to resurface because of Andy Garcia, who, as you know, in Part 3, played Vincent Mancini and he was actually one of the bright spots in terms of uh the um some of the critics and some of the uh the reviews that were uh, given he was actually well reviewed in that movie and a lot of people thought that the story could have continued Garcia was approached with an idea from Paramount and Coppola had been approached about this as well but unfortunately he didn't really you know think too much of the idea until Garcia had presented this to him and that is what if you went back to the original formula of godfather part two to do the even numbered sequel and do a um a parallel story the character of vincent mancini taking the reins of the corleone family now with the death of michael having been written into this into the story and doing a parallel of his father sonny now, the problem is James Kahn at his age was not going to be able to go back and do a young Sonny Corleone. So they were talking to Leonardo DiCaprio, believe it or not. And this was a story that actually was close to coming together. Garcia thought that this would be a very good parallel. DiCaprio at the time was of age to be a young Sonny Corleone, show how he was essentially the prince of the city, like he said, in part three. And the two of them would have it back and forth. This movie actually did take on a little bit more life than people want to give it credit for. Paramount was talking to actors like John Travolta, Sly Stallone. There were a lot of different combinations that were going on at the time that were trying to make this happen. Ultimately, Coppola did not give it the stamp of approval. He came close to thinking about it. He has a good affinity and a good affection for Andy Garcia, so he considered it. But ultimately, it just did not come to fruition. And there were a couple of reasons for that. One, at the time, DiCaprio's availability was a little bit shoddy. He was starting to get the fame of Titanic and some of the, uh, you know, his his stock was starting to take off. He was in high demand, and the ability to snag him for a role like that was going to be difficult in the time frame that they wanted to film it. So that was really one. The second is a lot of people believe that Coppola was asking Paramount for a an offer that Paramount absolutely could refuse simply because it was too much money. Right. <laughs> That's never been confirmed. I've tried to I went I went into the into the annals to try to delve up whatever I could to find out what that offer may have been. There's no documentation on it. Or at least if I if there is, I couldn't find it. Um <laughs> but there's no uh you know record of that or anything. But uh there are a lot of people within the behind the scenes movie uh business that have said that Coppola would have if they offered if 
Paramount met his demands, and ultimately it was just too much. And a lot of people feel that Coppola made that offer because he knew Paramount would never accept it. So to answer your question, was there ever serious plans for a Godfather Part 4? Yes, there were some plans. There was a plot line uh, that was developed. Not a lot of background on what the plot would have meant, but there was definitely plans to do so. Now, we both know, Murph, that since those plans have been scrapped in the 2000s, there have been some novels, some split-off novels from the original Mario Puzo, such as oh, The Godfather Returns. Out there. Yeah. Exactly, fan fiction. I think Weingartner wrote uh, the, um, the Godfather Returns. And there have been video games, and there have been splinter books that have been based off of that. Mario Puzo wrote The Last Don, which is not correct, uh, connected to The Godfather, but a lot of people, it is indirectly, but um, it's not sec- considered a sequel or anything like that. But people have thought that they would pull those types of um, uh, pull those types of plot lines out and put them into a movie. From what I've gathered, there's no plans at all in the pipeline for a Godfather Part 4. In my opinion, I don't think there will be. In my opinion, I don't think there should be. However, when you ask the question, and this was part of the question, do you think there ever will be a Godfather 4? When you look at the revival of movies today, if, in fact, the Coppola estate ever gives the rights to another production company, whether it be Paramount and they continue that, or anyone else, if anything other than Zoetrope is able to get green lit to be able to do one, I would not say it's out of the question. Simply because of the fact that I think the nostalgia boom in terms of bringing back reboots is so popular today, and we can get into this at another time of why I think that is. Um, It's not something I enjoy. I really don't. I'm not a big fan of reboots in the least. I never think they measure up to the original. And when it comes to The Godfather, I sincerely don't believe it ever would. But I don't think it's necessarily out of the question. So with the novels and all the splinter games and everything that's out there right now, there's no plans of it. I don't believe it ever would. Uh, None of the original actors have ever given any indication that they would agree in any way to be a part of it, whether it be a consultant. Obviously, most of them are too old now to be able to take on any type of those roles. But to be any way affiliated, uh, no one that's affiliated with the original three films has given any indication that they'd be willing to come back. Garcia has long said that that window is closed and he he has left the Vincent Mancini character behind. So... I don't believe there will be, but I don't say it's 100% uh, locked that there never will be one, simply because I think that reboot uh, lore could be so great to someone someday uh, that, you know, you may see it down the line. But in the immediate future, don't be looking for it. Yeah, I agree. That's that's it's simply at a point now whether or not the Coppola family will let everything go or not, and I don't think they're going to. But like like you said, it's a it's a never say never uh, situation. It's a story. The story that I would like to see is a young Vincent Mancini, and what it was what it would be like for him growing up being the bastard son of of Sonny Corleone. I I think that'd be a fantastic story, but um. No, we're we're basically on the same page. I don't think that's ever going to happen, man. Yeah, that's interesting, and I'm glad that you brought that up because the storyline that people were wanted were clamoring for was the young Sonny as opposed to uh, the Vincent uh, as head of the family at that point, really kind of going back and paralleling what we saw in the original with a very young Vito Corleone, but 
the older and more mature Michael Corleone at this point taking the reins and the dichotomy between them establishing their own claim on the family. With regard to a young uh, Vincent Mancini character, that's interesting. That may be something that I think people would be interested in. I would be interested in it. But, again, I just I don't see it happening at this point. To me, I think there's still enough uh, I think there's still enough uh, um, conservatism in Hollywood to prevent anything from happening to The Godfather right now. Now, down the line, I, I think all bets are off. But right now, as long as the Coppola family continues to mind the, uh, the, the psyche of that family, I just don't see it happening. So great question. I'm glad it was asked. I kind of figured this was going to be a question that was asked, and I hope I was able to provide a little bit of background on it because, again, Godfather's a passion of mine, delved into this one and was really happy to answer it. Exactly. Thank you so much for that question. It was a great question, and and we just love it. Um, but no, that's when when we when I first heard this this question asked when when it came to you, it came out. That was the thing that hit me in the in the head. It, it wasn't, you know, it, maybe it was because Khan was so iconic as Sonny. I can't see anybody else playing him, but. <laughs> This is the vein that I went off into. What it was like for Vincent to grow up. I would just, I'd love to write it. <laughs> I don't know if I'm capable of, but I'd love to write it. All right, my first question. I got some great questions here um, that I wanted to get into. Is we all know the the movie The Departed. We have gone over The Departed here. What it's one of our favorite flicks. Um, while it was panned by a lot of of local people for some terrible accents. Uh, <laughs> it was it was it was a fantastic movie, and one of the people that people that one of the people that are is portrayed in the movie, a lot of talk came about as to whether or not he was a real life person, whether this was based on real life drama, and that is the the character of Frank Costello, and is he Whitey Bulger? Um, I think without a doubt. In my mind, he is Whitey Bulger, and the only reason there's any any talk as to whether or not it isn't is simply so somebody can't sue. <laughs> or maybe end up in a uh in a in a hole in the mash um down by the down by the airport. So that's 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 it. But no, I, I, I have no doubt in my mind that um Frank Costello is without a doubt um, uh, uh, Whitey Bulger. I have no doubt that Colin Sullivan is a adaptation of former FBI agent John Connolly. Um, I, I think that's what the, the the movie is based upon. I think that's the the way it was written. No matter what they say anywhere else, I'm in that in that vein. What do you think, my friend? I agree. I 100% agree with you. I think that I, and I believe that from the time that I first saw the movie and the portrayal of the way Nicholson portrayed it, um, yep. the, uh, the, uh, the command that he had in the city, but also everything kind of coming down around him as well. And we've talked about uh, the, the movie here on Shade Bippy and we've talked about the departed and how that uh, dichotomy of Frank Costello's world coming down around him all at once, it felt like was, you know, his world falling apart. I think a lot of that was what happened with Bulger. And I think that's exactly what you saw. Obviously the Frank Costello character was killed. 
Whitey Bulger did not lose his life until much, much later. He was, yeah. you know, a, a wanted man for quite some time. And again, I think a lot of that was dramatic effect as well. I think if you made it a biopic, like they did uh, a few years right. later uh, when uh, Johnny Depp took on the role uh, as uh, Whitey Bulger in Black Mass, that was a biopic. The um, The Departed was a... Um, it was loosely based right. <laughs> a, a biopic. I will say that it was it was really it was based on uh, the, uh, the the Japanese film Internal Affairs, which exactly. really I think is is uh, a great movie. If it was anybody just Americanized. Mind. They just bought exactly. It, you know, it that, really that is. Was it. Yeah, absolutely. But I believe it. I, I truly uh, uh, agree with you. I think you're spot on when it comes to that analysis, and I think that he was Whitey Bulger, um, and. You know, go back and, and take a look at the movie and read a little bit about the Bulger character. I'm so glad that you brought up the Sullivan character and the relationship to the FBI and Connolly. That, to me, I think is is another tie-in. Um, yep. There were, uh, you know, just little subtle hints about things that, that were in the movie that kind of make you, you know, wonder what uh, what happened with, you know, you know, where, where Nicholson's sitting there eating, you know, the the, the lobster with the, with his bare hands. Yep. Word has it that's exactly what Bulger would do, like at, you know, meetings with uh, some of his uh, his top men and things of, the, of that nature. So there are a lot of parallels. If you read a little bit of the background on it, you'll see that, uh, that Murph is spot on, as usual, my friend. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, once or twice a week. And, and, and I'm just <laughs> glad that, you know, it happened to be here. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that a great that question. Was a, yeah, it was. It was. It was a really good question. It was one that I w really wanted to talk about, and um, it, it really it did epitomize 
what was going on in Boston at the time. You, you, you basically, it was, it was a much better movie than Black Mass. I'm sorry. I hated Black Mass. I thought it was awful. Um, and, uh, they, uh, and what was happening between the, the Italian mafia and the Irish mob, because they're, you know, obviously two different entities and, and everything that was said, God, it was, it was, God, it was so great. And, um, and I was really in the middle of a lot of that, uh, going on because my, my father was an ATF agent at the time. And, uh, and so, you know, it, it was, it was a big conversation around my house. You know, Whitey was, was, was talked about in, you know, in muted tones, uh, around the, uh, my my dad's bar downstairs in the cellar. <laughs> but it was a great movie and a great question. Thank you so much, Frank, for sending that one in. Absolutely. And you know what? And I agree with you uh, when it comes to uh, The Departed and Black Mass. If you want more, I think, of, an, of a realistic portrayal of exactly what, uh, what you know, happened with Whitey Bulger, yeah. and a, I think a more... Um, I think a more uh, uh, frank and explicit opportunity to see what his character was like. Mm-hmm. I think Nicholson nailed it as uh, Costello. That's really not a, that's really not a, a disrespect to uh, to Johnny Depp. Boy, but no, that no, 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 job with the role. I just yep. didn't think Black Mass was very well written, and I didn't no. think it was very well established in the plot. They turned line, him into so. a hero in Black Mass. It was exactly. you know almost a, a yeah. folk hero, and and that wasn't the case here. I mean, people people were scared. Whitey Bulger was a fucking prick and he was he was you know he was a murderous you know sociopath that and that really wasn't played up enough in black mass and and it was oh god he he was no robin hood he was no folk hero you know you know taking care of little old granny down there no that didn't happen that those, <laughs> those things didn't happen folks yeah. and um so but Maybe one day we'll we'll get into that one. That's you know I, I don't I don't like re- reviewing movies that I hate. I really don't. Yeah, I don't that's like coming tough. in here doing that. <laughs> that is really tough. You know we haven't done that yet. That could be a good uh, that that could yeah. be a good exercise in, in self restraint. Uh, the next time go. that we're able to uh, to do this, I would definitely we'll do love the, to we'll see do that. the top we'll, we'll do the top three mob flicks that we can't stand. Exactly. You know, we'll that would that. be good. Oh, hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe we'll kick that off. Maybe we'll kick that off with the next uh, uh, Bippy. I think you're giving us some ideas here, buddy. Yeah, so hey, I like that. that. I'm not bad. Yeah, that's pretty bad. good. good not, not... I'm having a good day. I should go out and play the lotto. Absolutely, go out and play the lotto. You're hitting. You're, you're hitting <laughs> home runs in every aspect, my friend. Just like Butchie. Just you know, knocking oh. them out of the park, blowing guys away with the heat. There you so, go. Gotta there love you. it. Well, but, kind of um, got nothing on the butchie. Um, well, all right. Speaking so, of heat, <laughs> speaking of heat, that's going to oh. lead me right into nicely into my next question here on the Biffy. And this is a question. Uh, this is one we're going to have some fun with. Uh, I promise you, I won't be as long-winded in my explanation with the Godfather Four as I am with this, because this is a good dialogue question. This is a good back and forth. And I think everybody who's ever seen a mob movie. When you think of mafia movies and you think of the genre, you close your eyes. I think two faces come to mind, and you know where I'm going with this. Right. Robert De Niro, Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Icons, legendary actors, two of the greatest of our or any generation. But the public wants to know, my friend. They want to know, who do you got, De Niro or Pacino? Who is the biggest movie, mob movie icon, I should say? And this was tough. This is a tougher question than a lot of people think. 
Um, you guys don't know. We can, care about these yeah. questions. These these answers mean something to us. They really, really and, do. And 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 I look in it, and you look at a body a body of work, and and what these guys have done, and the the parts that they've portrayed. And I'm sorry, you know, it came down. I I even I flipped a coin ten times. And seven times it came down on the answer that I believed in. <laughs> and and to me it's De Niro. De Niro is is the, the quintessential um choice to make here. I I, I I won't debate anybody if they if they go the other way in it, but to me it's Robert De Niro. And I agree with you. Big surprise Shock. there. Now, I will say this, though. I will say this. If you ask me, gun to the head, because here we are in my movie, you know, mm-hmm. I guess we can talk about gun to the head. We can. We don't have to shy away from that analogy. If you ask me, gun to the head, favorite actor of the two, I would slightly, and I mean as slightly as you can possibly imagine, go Pacino in that direction. Really? Simply because okay. I love the flamboyance. And, yep. and I just, I, I love the bombastic nature of the way he puts, a lot of people say it's overacting. I get a kick out of it. I love it. Him sitting at the table and, and he going, give me all you got is one of my favorite scenes in any oh. movie. Uh, you know, you just, so it's, it's a style purpose. And I'm not saying that because I think he's a better actor. It's just a preference. But when you take stock into the body of work that these two characters have had, you right. isolate it to mob movies. See, that's the thing, too. I started going back and forth. I was going down a rabbit hole that I really shouldn't have gone down in prepping for this question, buddy, because I'm <laughs> thinking all all around. I'm thinking all around actors. I'm like thinking, well, you know, De Niro's got the edge when it comes to – your clear edge when it comes to comedy because you take a look at him and you look right. at, you know, roles like Analyze This or you take a look at roles like Midnight Run or, you know, Meet the Parents and – some of these roles, you know, some of the times I wasn't too crazy about the way, uh, you know, De Niro was portrayed in these movies, but he's got good comedic timing. So I'm sitting there right. and I'm thinking, there we go. That's but, And then I'm saying, well, that's with the exception of Analyze This and maybe Midnight Run, I guess you can say, you know, there's some connection to crime in that. But yeah. those aren't traditional mob movies. No. So I went back and I looked at the actual mob movie um, the resume of both of these actors. And Pacino's mm-hmm. gotten more on this credit than a lot of people think. Yeah. They think of him with The Godfather. They think of him with Michael Corleone, but there's Donnie Brasco. There's Scarface. There's Carlito's right. Way. These are organized crime movies. There's The Irishman, which we just there's the Irishman. a couple there's of months the, ago yep. here. There's Dick so, Tracy. Who, who did they pick to play the mob boss and Dick Tracy? You know? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Big boy Caprice. There's no question about it. Yep. So there is a lot of a resume there, and it makes this, I think, a little bit tougher. But to me, when I close my eyes and I think of a mob actor mm-hmm. and I think of a mob movie, I'm sorry to say this, and this, this pains me. Now, I shouldn't say it pains me. It doesn't pain me. No, but no. It's a surprising statement for me to make. But when people say mafia movie, the yep. first image I, I have, believe it or not, is not even Vito Corleone. And that's going to shock a lot of people. It's Jimmy Conway in Goodfellas. That's what I think of. Because wow. to me, that's the most accurate depiction of mm-hmm. what the mafia was like combined with a romanticized plot line and a romanticized version of the way the story is told to yep. make it an enjoyable but realistic opportunity. To me, The Godfather is the most beautiful movie that was ever made. It's an mm-hmm. epic I think a lot of what makes The Godfather what it is, though, Murph, is family. What yeah. makes Goodfellas what it is is mafia. That, right. to me, is the difference. So that's why I give the slight edge 
to Robert De Niro in this case. Yeah. Uh, you know, you talk about the background, of course, it's there as well. Mean Streets, Once Upon a Time in America. Uh, even, you know, you want to go into a different type of organized crime movie, Ronin, which is one yeah. that we haven't done yet. That's something that I think, you know, could, we could, uh, you know, chronicle here. on. Yeah, State that's 50, a good debate as to whether or not that's even a, even a mob movie. It's a, they, I like that. That was, you know, yeah, another exactly. question. But no, that, that's a good that's a good debate that we can yeah. have one day. So in in that case, that's why I give the uh, uh, the edge to mm-hmm. uh, to De Niro as well. And uh, so I agree, I agree. With close you your eyes and you and and you see him. It's that that's fantastic. See, now I close my eyes, and what I see is Vito Corleone standing in his kitchen, worried about his son. Do you yeah. you know that you know that the the slicked back hair and and yep. and um. And uh, Fredo is is you know a little baby and he's sick, and and he's just sitting there worried about his son and what he's yeah. going to do. And that goes back to your point. And you know the Godfather is more about family, and um, Goodfellas is more about um, the lifestyle, the 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 mob life. It, it was a great point, but that's what I see when I when I close my eyes and I think of a mob movie. That that's what I see. Um, and then, you know, everything else rolls out along with it, which makes that the greatest film of all time. And, and well, I'm getting ahead of myself here. <laughs> no, I don't think you're getting ahead of yourself. I think it's I think it's exactly it lends it into the I mean, you can't talk Pacino and De Niro without talking Godfather. I mean, mm-hmm. those are the two indelible icons of the movie with Brando, obviously, being the figurehead on top of it all. But I think in that case and what happens with that is. Pacino and De Niro all of a sudden become like that. It's like Ali Frazier. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's like, you know, it's just like Coke and Pepsi. You know, you, you have to choose between the two icons and they're always going to be indelible uh, and they're always going to have their fans, their stands and people that really care. But ultimately what it comes down to is the ability to, uh, to define a genre. And even though, like I said, Pacino is probably pound for pound my favorite actor I yep. still have to give the nod to De Niro because I just think the versatility in these movies that he's played in terms of the characters and that indelible uh, iconic image to me is just it puts him over the top. So right. great question, and I'm so glad it was asked. Another one I figured was going to be asked. <laughs> yeah, you know, I we saw some of them coming, and um, and, and we, we were, were enjoying it. It's probably why we picked them, you know, because they're the questions Definitely. that we would have asked. And right. my, my, next, my next question comes from uh, at Steve4743. Now, I thought this might have been a Steve Balistrieri freaking, you know, knockoff or, or what do they call those, burner accounts or something, but it wasn't. And uh, and it is, it's a great question. And it, it comes down to, let, let me read it again. I don't want to, I don't want to misquote anybody um do you think movies that are supposed to be biopics like the irishman take too many liberties with the truth and now i went back and and took a look at what you would call a biopic um uh gangster flick and Mm -hmm. what i came up with with course was the irishman uh gotti Goodfellas, you you could you could basically call that a, a that's a biopic. Oh yeah, um, Henry you know, absolutely. Black Mass, even the Cotton Club is is based off of you know real people. Hoffa, you know, yep. Casino was a biopic pick, but when you go back and you look at what you know these guys were trying to do and yet still entertain and still people come you know 
bring people there? No, I, I don't. I, I I don't have an issue. We talked about Donnie Brasco earlier. I don't have an issue with what you would call literary license. But if you turn people around and, and you know, you make them appear to be something they aren't, then I have an issue with it. But mostly, you know, I really don't. You know, there, there are some that, that seriously stick to the to – the, um, to the bio that it did, like American Me with Edward James Almost, which you know someday we're gonna, I hope to do here. Um, there were some really good good movies here that that I want to get into, you know, it, it get closer into. But no, I don't have an issue with them taking liberties to make it more um, believable, or or just to move story stories along. What do you, what do you think, Bud? I agree with most of what you're saying, and I think I think we're like-minded when it comes to this. The one exception that I have, I have no problem with dramatic license. Let me first off, I guess it probably would be better for me to explain my position first, and then I'll go into where I do have a slight issue with it. Um, I don't have a problem with dramatic license. If it advances the storyline, it makes the story a little bit more palatable to the people that are listening to it, I think, or watching it, I should say, uh, it really, I think it helps, and I think it can, you know, even the slightest embellishment can make for a better story. Just because mm-hmm. it's not a pound-for-pound pound documentary, documentaries don't always make the greatest movies. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes, right. you know, life imitates art, and sometimes the real-life story is better than anything that could be written in a screenplay. But most sure. of the time, it has to be massaged. It and has that's to be why worked. it's on, you know, the History Channel or A&E or something like that, that, that you know, the two of us will sit down and watch for four hours. But, Absolutely. Uh, you're not going to get people into the theater to see. Yeah, like you, you think about The Irishman. I don't believe The Irishman would have been as good of a movie if you didn't see De Niro's character pull the trigger and kill Jimmy Hoffa. Now, do we know right. if that happened? We don't know if that happened. No. I mean, there are a lot of Bravo. people that will that will absolutely, you know, go, you know, foot to the wall to tell you that's exactly how it happened. And mm-hmm. who knows? For all we know, maybe it did. But maybe it didn't. And right. that's a literary license. To me, I don't have a problem with that because it advances the storyline and it makes the movie better. But where I, I do, do have, but sorry, I do, yeah, yeah. Where I do have a problem, I'll I'll jump off on this. Since it was my question, I'll jump off on this. Absolutely. Is is when they jump, when jump they away. you know they they tied Chucky into his murder the way that they did, you know, right. making him out to be because folks that that never happened. I I I've gone back and I've talked to people who read the book and you know they because I'm not reading that entire book. It's huge. Um, and, and that's the other. That's another thing. You know, you're you're always better off going into these movies not having read the book first. Um, that's that's what I have a wife for. Read this. And let me know if it's you know okay. <laughs> and um, but but no, I had a, and I do have an issue with things like that 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 would portray a real life human being in a, in a in a way that um they weren't. But again, we don't know it. We it's it's another thing that we don't know. Yeah, exactly. And that, I think, is exactly the point that uh, a lot of people would probably expect us to make. And that was my point as well. And I'm so glad that you made it. And I think you made it eloquently. When they start taking those liberties away from what the actual plot line was, then you run into an issue where you're creating false narratives. And that, to me, is where you can come off the rails. If this is a biopic, you have to be very careful not to expound upon a, either a theory or uh, a, a long-held um, 
what's the best way for me to put it, a, a long-held um, uh I cannot think of the word that I'm looking for. See, this this is what happens when you uh, when you do multiple podcasts for the, throughout throughout the day. No, I'm getting <laughs> Um But no, in any case, a long held belief or bias. A long held belief. You know, thank you yeah. so much, Murph. I Sorry. appreciate that. Something that no, no, that no. Do not apologize. I, I thank you for that. You saved me. But a long held belief that that's what happens. There are certain ways that you can massage that, and certain ways that you can go off the rails on it. And again, we mentioned Black Mass. You talked mm-hmm. about the narrative of the movie being uh, sympathetic toward the Whitey Bulger character, where right. anyone that knows the true story knows that that's something that is not the case. Right. You have to portray it in a realistic point. You can take liberties, but when the entire narrative gets corrupted by those liberties, that's where you run into a problem. It is. And, and, and here's, here's, another, here's another one, our top five bios. You know, we'll, we'll get it. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do that, man. But no, it was a great question, and thanks for for sending that in. That's really all I really have to say about it, unless we're going to get into, you know, going over, uh, you know, different bios and, and how they were done differently by different directors and things like that. But no, I don't mind that the the artistic license that a lot of people take it has to be done you can't you know you just have to sit back and make your film and then go back and and take the heat uh for from some people about well you changed this or you left that out and well i can't you know every movie every movie would be the irishman you know they they, i every move every one of these films could be you know, four and a half hours, five hours long, 
And you right. just can't do that with most films. You don't have the budget to do it, and, and people will pan it the, the way they did The Irishman. Because, I mean, as we know, some people took three or four days to watch this entire movie. Hello, Glenn. Absolutely, yeah, they did. Yeah, that's, yeah, And we know a couple of them that, uh, yeah, you know, know question their mental health or what else they were doing that's that took it. them that yeah. long to do it. But you know what? It's a family show. We're not going to get into all that. So no. We'll, uh, but, uh, no, in, in all actuality, I think you're you're absolutely right. And before we leave that subject, yeah, you know, I think there's a difference, and I want to articulate that. And I think you may agree with me, but I don't want to speak for you. Feel free to interject here. But I think there's a difference between a biopic and a than a movie that's based on a true story. Right. A biopic is a little bit different. And I think we look at, you want to talk about a, a modern or a recent movie, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood right now is obviously based on true events. It's mm-hmm. not really a traditional biopic in the sense of the word. They're taking liberties with what happened in Hollywood and they're putting it toward a narrative, toward a movie. And I think you see that if you want to go completely outside the, uh, the the genre, I'll, I'll tell you exactly where this could go off the rails. And this is Oliver Stone's JFK back in 1991. This right. is a movie that a lot of people take as canon law. They look at that and they say, this is exactly what happened. That's the conspiracy. That's what it does. Yep. That's never what the movie was intended to be. Now you can make the argument that <laughs> Stone realized this, knew it was going to make the movie blow up into a lot more than what it could have been, and yep. it's a brilliant marketing standpoint. So he's going to get behind it and go, oh, yeah, I believe every word of it. Does he? I'm not going to put words in Oliver Stone's mouth. Maybe he does, yeah. maybe he doesn't. But ultimately, that's where it can go off the rails. If people think that this is a traditional biopic on Jim Garrison, that's it. That's where you're going to run into the problem. This automatically go. becomes canon law. People start I, – I, I've actually sat in college classrooms where professors would profess what was in this movie as being statistical fact. And that's simply not uh, – th- that's simply – you know, you just – you can't quantify that. That's the problem. So that's where I have problems with artistic license. Jimmy uh, the you have to be careful. Absolutely, yeah. Jimmy the Toucan, there you go. <laughs> exactly. It's true. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you know, you look at these these movies, and if they want to portray themselves as biopics, I think that's where you need to worry. That's where you need to see it. If you see the words based on a true story or yep. things of that nature, I think it's all about the marketing. But ultimately, biopics are going to be marketed that way because it looks better, and it's going to be the appetite of what people want. If you think that something has an element of truth to it, you're going to gravitate toward it more than if you know it's just a complete work of fiction. So I, I think that's, that's the fine line that filmmakers, directors, producers have to, to walk, and some do a good job of it. Some not so much. So that's go. my that's that's my added two cents. That's my postscript on that. No, I hope no, you didn't no, mind me perfect. interjecting that. No, no, never, never. Go on. What do we got up next? All right. Well, we have up next uh, our fifth and uh, I dare say this might be our final question because I, I have a yeah. funny feeling we're going to spend a lot of time on this one. And uh, this is a subjective question. There's no right or wrong answer. Uh, really, there's no right or wrong answer to any of these questions, folks. But uh, this is one that I think we can, again, have some fun with as well. And that is, if you were stranded on a desert island, which mob movie would you take with you to sustain you throughout that lifelong trip? So uh, I'm going to turn the microphone over to you, my friend, first, because you heard me drone on and on a lot today. Uh, if you were trapped on a desert island, which mob movie are you going to have tucked under your shoulder and take out and watch over and over again? Wow. This it, th- this is a great question. It really is. And, and 
I, I think you know what, what I'm going to end up saying here because we do know each other so well. And it, it's it, I can't bring all three because I think that would be unfair to the question. And uh, But it, it is. It's the Godfather Part 2. Um, a lot of people get on me that, that I prefer this over, over the original, over over the Godfather, but I, I, it, it is by far my favorite film of all time. Never mind my favorite movie of this genre, and um, the 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 look back into Vito Corleone's life and how he got to where he was, and the the, the look back into you know how this family formed and became American. It is just, it's something that, that will stay with me forever. I could watch it forever. I could watch it on back-to-back, you know, viewings. You know, it's over. Let's start it again. Okay, let's just start it again. I could do it. I, and and that's why it, it it's coming to the island with me. How about you, yep. Uh We're sort of like-minded, uh, not 100% like-minded, but I'll tell you, it was, a, it was a close, you know, split between the two. And obviously anybody that has listened to this or knows or looked at my Twitter feed, it is the original Godfather, the 1972 classic. And as much as I love the second film, and I consider them equal, and I consider them on par, uh, the combination of Brando, Pacino, Khan, Castellano, Duval, yep. the just the, the way the story is told, um, and the the affinity that I have for the original novel and being yep. able to equate the two of those in really I think tip the scales in the favor. Now in terms of movies and in terms of filmmaking, acting, plot line, writing, everything behind it, I think these two movies are even keel. I, I really and truly do. And I'm not saying that as a cop out. I put them on the same level. Yeah. But if I have to Try one away, and I have to take one part. I do take the uh, the original uh, simply because I, I'm always a huge fan of the originals. Uh, obviously, it was the first of the three that I saw, so I um, I'll always have an affinity for that movie. But uh, to me, it's just it's the screenplay. Um, I don't think the cinematography gets enough credit uh, for The Godfather. I know The yeah. Godfather gets credit for so much, but to me, the cinematography is such. Uh, a, a brilliant way oh, yeah. of the, the way that movie is right. Oh God! Yeah, the way that story is told. Uh, and God, I mean, Godfather too is is again, it's it's equal. It's on par. You want to talk about cinematography and the way these you know scenes are just you know portrayed and how the, the the cutting effect back and forth, which is brilliant, which was really cutting edge for its time. It's done a lot more now, so I think a lot of have become desensitized to it. This was such a beautiful way to tell a story that really hadn't been done this well before. This was the first, it wasn't the first movie to do something like this, but it was the first movie to do it so impeccably that every movie that's tried to do it since has never been able to measure up. <laughs> so yeah. I, I agree with you. I think I can't argue with that choice with the Godfather part two, but uh, I definitely, uh, um, you know, would, uh, would probably give the slight edge to the Godfather. But again, we've received a lot of feedback from you. I've heard Goodfellas, uh, which is, uh, you know, a very popular yeah. uh, choice. I can't argue with that. It's a great movie. It's got everything in it. Uh, Scorsese to me, that's his, you know, masterpiece. Got a couple of votes for The Departed, believe it or not. A lot of people were, because I put Did this you? question okay. out, and yeah. I got a couple of votes for The Departed. I think that's the Boston connection. I think those people are probably yeah. in the Northeast, if we're yep. being honest. 
Um, but there are a lot of, uh, of people that uh, uh, that will go in uh, those directions as well in some of the Scorsese classics. And, you know, believe it or not, I even had one vote from a family member that's a little on the older side that uh, would vote for White Heat because he likes the old, uh, you know, Jimmy Cagney-type gangster serials that just mm-hmm. had that feel to them that just went, you know, through the roof. So, Really, I mean, it. Real, that, that's the beauty of this genre. Yeah. Is there's something for everybody. If you're looking for realism, um, you know, you can find movies that we've chronicled here on Shape Ippy, even movies like Eastern Promises and things of that type that really deal with the realism of this world. Or you can look at a at a family at a beautiful portrait of a of a family that that's really I think the story of Americana. Even though these families are Italian Americans or they're Russians or they're Irish. Um, yep they have their roots in this country with organized crime. So I think it, uh, it's, it's a genre where you can find something for everybody. So if you love a movie and that's the one you're taking with you, neither Murph or I are going to argue the point. Uh, you have every right to take whichever you one, do. but you know which ones we're taking now. So. You do. If you want to take Miller's Crossing, go right ahead. If you want to take Reservoir Dogs, go right ahead. If, if uh, you know, um, Public Enemy or White Heat, you know, The Road to Perdition. You that that's it is. It, that that's what makes this this entire genre so beloved by so many different people because it's not just, you know, one it affects everybody. It affects Americana. And um there's you know, I mean, it's very it's I mean, you could you could even call Breaking Bad a mob series, you know, it because that, that's the way it is. It it's these are these are the stories that are told of Im- from from Im- from a certain sex- portion of immigrants that keep coming to this this great country year um, you know decade after decade and century after century and how some people pull themselves up and and try to move on and, and you know for me it was the Godfather Part Two you it's Part One hopefully our islands are close together and we can you know. We can we can float box sets to to. We will. We'll we'll find we'll find a way to we'll find a way to send them back and forth. Uh, you know whether it be by carrier pigeon or little rats or whatever or you know we'll we'll figure out a way. I'm sure, my friend. But uh, that's it. No, in all actuality, I think this was a great exercise. I enjoyed this very much. This I, I like opening up the mailbag. I like hearing from our listeners. It's nice to know we have listeners. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. There folks. you go. Uh, but uh, no, I mean the, the the questions that we did get were uh, were very very good. I actually did get a a question that we won't be long winded on, but I actually did get a question that I just wanted to address, uh, and that is, will we be doing a uh, a Sopranos uh, version of? the uh, shape it be because technically it's a series it's not really mm-hmm. a, a movie we you know say that this is my movie genres but i think because of the iconic nature of the sopranos i i would say uh you know most definitely it's in our pipeline and i think murph and i will probably work on it we may make it a couple of parters uh we may do uh, a little bit on the origins of the sopranos maybe the first half of the series in one part second half of the series in another part uh, who knows? You could probably spend a whole show just on the finale itself. So if you're a fan of The Sopranos, definitely look for that. I would say it's in our pipeline, and I think we'll probably end up chronicling that here on the Shea Bippy Mob Pod. So thank you again for that question, and I just wanted to address it just in case some of you were wondering, because I know that's a popular question that I get from time to time, and I just mm-hmm. wanted to give that out there for uh, uh, for our folks. So um Murph, before we close up the mailbag and before we uh, uh, take our leave of the Shea Bippy Bar for today's episode, uh, is there anything that you wanted to add in terms of feedback that you got uh, throughout this exercise or any type of maybe minor questions that were on the uh, periphery that we didn't get to today? 
no, not really. Um, I, I, I just want to thank everybody for, for tuning in, listening in, and, and sending us these great questions. And, and we will do it again, and we'll ask for some new ones, and maybe we'll fish through some old ones that we didn't get to today because uh, th- there were some, some really good ones, some fringy questions about fringy, you know, mafia movies or not, or mob movies or not. And, and we'll get back to that next time, man. Take us out of here. Great show. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's a great idea. Hey, who knows? We'll put it on the topic list. Yay or nay? Is this a mob movie? Is it not? We could do a whole mailbag based on that. So continue to send your feedback to us. If there is a question that we didn't get to this time that you really want an answer to, send us a Twitter DM. Send us a Twitter message. We'll be happy to answer it out in the open. We'll be happy to answer it behind closed doors. Anything that you guys want, we're here for you because this is a podcast you can't refuse. On behalf of my good friend, Thomas Murphy, I'm Mike DeBate. Now you can leave. The bar doors are open, and you can rejoin uh, the rest of uh, normal society. Uh, But we hope you've enjoyed this little trip down memory lane into mob movies, and we hope we've given you some tidbits, useful tidbits, that you can then go ahead and regale people that you know and uh, sound pretty smart when it comes to the, the mob genre. Have a great day, everyone, and thank you so much, as always, for all of your support. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News and World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.